This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you're here last week, we started a series called Faith Hacks. And uh, I'm one of these guys, you ever get on the internet and you start like, maybe on YouTube looking for like how to fix a toilet and then an hour later you're looking at how giraffes give birth? Like am I the only person that gets lost? Like you start off looking for like, you know, how do I change the oil in my snowblower? And eventually, like I learned how to call chipmunks. I, I actually can do this. Using two quarters, I know how to call a chipmunk. Uh, you get lost on the web sometimes. And sometimes I'll get lost in these ones of do-it-yourself or, uh, or uh, these life hacks. We show one last week, and we're going to show one next week, of these things that random, everyday things that people don't even think about, but you can use them for other uses that you never even thought of. Go, that's genius. Well, we believe the Bible, we're going through the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is really called a book of wisdom. The primary author of the book is a guy named Solomon, who was called the wisest man uh, in the Bible, and God gave him a dream, and God speaks through dreams. God can speak to you through dreams many ways. He can speak through a message. He can speak through... Many ways, God speaks to me through dreams sometimes. I think it's because I don't shut up when I'm awake. And God's like, okay, now that you're asleep, I can finally get a word in. Let me talk to you. And in Scripture, Solomon has a dream, and God says to him, what do you want? He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for fame. He asked for wisdom. We talked last week about wisdom and understanding. Understanding is info. Wisdom is knowing how to use said information. We have a generation we've never had more information, the Internet. I'm at that age where I remember when you didn't know stuff, you just didn't know it. If you didn't know what song that was, you couldn't find it. If you didn't know what movie that guy played in, you couldn't figure it out. You had to wait until it came to you. If you didn't know someone's name, it would bother you for days. Now we just Google. We have so much information, don't we? Man, Google restaurants before you ever go there. Some of you found our church by Googling it and our website. And it's amazing. We never had more information, but we've also never needed more wisdom. I shared last week. We, our kids have more information. Our teens, our generation have more information at the touch of their hands, but yet we have to tell them to be smart enough not to eat laundry detergent and Tide Pods. Wisdom and understanding go hand in hand. Information is what to do. Wisdom is knowing when to do it. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom and understanding. The Bible says desire wisdom. And we talked about uh, relationships last week that people can add to your life, take away from your life. They can multiply your life. And some even divide and how to handle that and what to look for. And we talk about relationships. And this week, as we continue part two of Faith Hacks, the Bible says in Proverbs 11, it says where there's a multitude of counselors, there is safety. It says where you have multitude of counselors giving you wisdom, you won't even fall. And I've learned in my life, and many are in this room, and even Pastor Ryan is one of these people in my life, that when you have wisdom and people around you that love God, that have wisdom and understanding, it keeps you from falling. It keeps our church from falling apart, helping us launch this church. It keeps your families, your marriages, your finances. That's why we have Guidance. That's why in high school you have guidance counselors. They say, hey, we get someone with some wisdom and some understanding. They can help a grade 10, a grade 12 student make the right choices. Well, the Bible says a multitude of counselors keeps you in tough times that you will not fall. Today you're in for a treat. First time at Nova we've done this. Won't be the last. But today, instead of me sharing wisdom, uh, which I will do again next week and other speakers as we have over time, today we have five of our team. They've each been given five minutes to preach, and they're going to come out and just preach fire and passion and fun at you for five minutes, and then the next one, next one, next one. So if you have ADD like I do, attention deficit, what was I saying? 
Lost my focus for a minute. This is the service for you, because just when you start getting focused, we're going to switch it up again. But today we have some of our team that have, that have wisdom and understanding, that have poured their life out, that believe God is speaking to them. And today as we get wisdom and understanding, they're going to preach the Bible to you today, and they're going to share life to you today, that we're going to leave here with more wisdom, more guidance, that we won't fall, that there's safety encounters. Amen? So first on, we have five of us today going to be sharing. It's so exciting. Give me a round of applause for all of them, but the first one, Nicole Victory. Good morning, church. I'm so excited. Isn't this fun? Yeah? Okay. Some of you are kind of excited about it. Okay, I'm really excited. This reminds me of a TED Talk. Are you guys TED Talk fans? So I watch those all the time because here's these people who have a point, like they have a piece of truth, and they have this many minutes to convince people that it not only is a truth, but you should put it into your life. And so that's kind of the way I'm looking at this morning is like, here's a little bit of truth with me also fighting the new fee in me that wants to speed up instead of cut things out. And hopefully you guys will see something in it where it's like, ah, I think that's, that's, you know, might be good to add to my life. So this morning we're going to go right to Philippians 1.14. This verse is going to blow your socks off. So Philippians 1.14, and because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So to give you guys a little bit of background about this, Philippians, if you're ever feeling like you're having a rough month or week uh, and you need some perspective, this is the book to read because this book was written by Paul and Paul wrote it while he was in prison. And it's known as the most joyous book in the Bible. That's crazy, right? Like here's this guy who was in prison for his faith. And he wrote some of the most joyous and most encouraging scripture that we even have in the Bible. So I love reading that. When I'm having a bad week, that's where I go. And you can find me in there. You can tell my mood by what I'm reading in the Bible and what I need to kick my butt. So this scripture I've been reading for the last few weeks. And I'm like, man, this is such a good scripture. And so you can go back to the first slide, Jeremy, that you had up there where it says prison or purpose. Or platform, sorry. Prison or platform? Because here was a guy who, although he was in prison, he took a moment or two to actually think about what God was calling and declaring over his life. And what he wanted to pursue came from what he knew in his heart, which was joy. And so, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not that kind of person. Like, I I'm naturally am not steady at heart. Like, I suck at steady a lot of times. If I'm having a bad week or somebody talks down to me at work or if, you know, different things come up, maybe I'm at the grocery store and somebody's rude to me, that can ruin my entire week. I get really affected by the people around me. But Paul was really good at not being affected by circumstances or people. He had this really solid foundation in who God was, and that was the tunnel that he lived his life through. And so I love that about that scripture. And just a few weeks ago, I've been gone traveling, and I was actually brought up into a northern community where I got to work with a bunch of indigenous youth. And I got to hear a lot of stories, a lot of really crazy stories um, from people being on a journey with God. And this one woman I met, she began to tell me her story, and it was this crazy, like she had this crazy amount of joy, like she glowed from the joy in her life. So I was like, I need to know your story. And she began to tell me that she grew up in a really dysfunctional home. Her parents were alcoholics. Uh, she grew up, ended up getting into drugs when she was around 14 or 15 years old. She went from cocaine to crystal meth, and she thought her life was over. She got introduced to Jesus, went into rehab, and partnered the two together, and her addictions broke. And she's completely free of her addiction, which is amazing coming from crystal meth, right? Talk about that perfect combination of rehab and Jesus that really, really kicks you in the butt when you have addiction. And she was able to get out of that. And then she looked at me and she's like, but you know, like my family, they're still not doing the greatest. And I was thinking, well, you know, they're 
they're probably like my family, a little bit dysfunctional, but I love them. But she began to tell me that her parents actually live on the streets because their addictions are so bad. And her legacy is of addiction. But she looked at me with such joy and conviction in her heart. And she looked at me and she's like, but I totally believe that their lives are redeemable. I totally pray every day and expect to get a call saying that their addictions are gone. And I'm like, what a beautiful perspective to have. That I don't want to look at the prisons around my family's legacy or my life or what's going on in my mom's life as she walks on the streets with her addiction. I'm going to believe in a God that says, hey, I'm going to give you a moment where you can actually have a platform to say that God is good in your life. And so that's what her legacy has turned out to be. And I just think that's so beautiful. And, and that's what it goes back to this whole idea that sometimes it isn't a prison. Sometimes it's a perspective. Like our perspectives matter. How you think matters. How you pursue the things God has put into you matters. And a lot of times when you read the Bible, you hear a speaker or a speaker, and there might be even people in the audience this morning where you're like, Nicole, I get that you're saying I need to have a good perspective, but you have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea what it feels like to wake up and feel hopeless or have anxiety or depression. Yes, I do. I, sometimes I do with that myself. I get it, guys. Life is real, and it's really hard to read a Bible or read Scripture and think that it's just going to fix your life. But the truth is that it works, that the gospel is good, and God is dedicated to getting you through. But sometimes it's just changing the way you think. Thanks, guys. And up next we have... The infamous John Doucette. Thank you, Nicole. Isn't Nicole fabulous? Wasn't that encouraging? Listen, uh, my name's John. Like she said, um, I brought my big Bible with me today, my really big one. Um, ever find yourself with the Bible, do you ever find yourself that it, that it seems like the Bible is so complicated that it's hard to figure out where exactly to start with what God wants for you? We're talking 800,000 words, a Lord of the Rings trilogy, 31,000 verses, and Jesus gave us a faith hack that tells us exactly where to start. Matthew 22, verse 37 behind me, Jesus is talking, and Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength, and all mind. And uh, this is the first and greatest commandment. The first and greatest. And the second is like it. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, the message version says it this way. I love it. It says, you shall love others as well as you love yourself. And I love that. And it says that these two commandments, on these two commandments, hang all of the law and the prophets. It's amazing. God has given us a, a faith hack for exactly where to start. He summed up this whole book, this massive book, into four words. Love God, love people. Father, today I just want to take a second. God, I give you this moment. This is bigger than me. It's bigger than anyone else here, God, and I just give you this moment. Make this about you today. We love you, God. Amen. Anyone have kids? Kids are, kids are great. I love kids. If you like alarm clocks that poop, you'll love kids. Have lots. <laughs> we have three, my wife and I. And uh, I can tell you a story. It's a parenting fail, and, I, and I, it's not something I'm proud of. I'm actually, it's, uh, it's a bit of a shaming to me. Um, something that happened this week, but I'm going to tell it so we can learn from it, okay? So this week, my little, I got home from work. I was exhausted, and I was just frustrated with, with work, and I was in the washroom upstairs, and I was ready to jump in the shower, and my little guy was crying downstairs, Elijah. 
and he was crying, and, and he was like, he called me, and, he was, and I was like, Elijah, just come upstairs, because I didn't want to, it was inconvenient for me to go downstairs, and I said, you know, I could have hugged him downstairs, but I didn't, and I, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a little ashamed to tell this, but I'm going to, I said, Elijah, come upstairs, bud, I'll give you a hug here, I didn't go down to him, and, he's, and he was down there crying, and he was like, and he was, and, and I said, I said, come upstairs, bud. I love you. Come upstairs. Just come upstairs. And he wouldn't come up. And, at the, and I got frustrated with it. And I said, come on, bud. Come upstairs. I need you to come upstairs. And I got so frustrated that I opened the door and I yelled. I said, obey me. Come upstairs. <laughs> and he was like, and, I, and I, I went to the top of the stairs and there he was. The baby gate was closed at the top of the stairs and he was crying. And I was like, Oh my goodness, and he couldn't obey me if he wanted to. Hear me today, okay? Listen, hear me today. For a long time, the church has made a mistake, and I'm, not, I'm just going to just tell you this real quick. We've made a mistake as a church, not this church, but the church. Over the years, we have often tried to get people to obey God before we open the gate for them to come and meet him, to come and meet the Father, Okay? If you're here today and you felt the church was judgmental over the years, I, I want you to know, we apologize. And we are a church that is trying to change that. We are fixing that. You are welcome here to come and be yourself. We have, we've uh, tried to make people believe, sorry, behave before they believe. We've put laws before love. And at the end of the day, God has given us one thing. I, wanted, I just want to point one thing out to you real quick. We have a God who is a father, who is like a shepherd, who would leave the 99 to chase the one. To chase the one. God loves you. If you're not in a relationship with him yet, you can be. He is all about you. And we as Christians, the first thing that we can do, if we want to do the first and greatest commandment, which is to love God, is to love the thing that is on his heart most, which is the people that need God the most. So let's as a church and as Christians continue to love those who need him because they are His just an amazing priority. And if we want to love God and express our love to him, we need to then turn around and just love people. Can I just propose to us today, ladies and gentlemen, that loving people is expressing love to God. Thank you. Next up, we have Andrea. Thanks, John. Good morning. Good morning, morning, morning. So my verse I want to start with is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weakness. When I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Uh, so I returned back to school in September, last September, and uh, it was this condensed program. It was a medically based program. So I'm already kind of in over my head. Uh, and my very first day, First of all, I haven't been in school since probably 10 years. Let's start there. So I go, I go to class. First day, my teacher, uh, she goes around and she wants us to say our name and then our qualifications, our background into how we got into the program. So she starts on one side of the room and she starts going through each person. And by the fourth person, say their name. And then it's like bachelor science, bachelor, you know, microbiology major, um, physician from China. And I'm over there like, dear God, like, 
<laughs> and then it comes to me, and I'm like, what do I say? Like, I'm Andrea, and I finished two years of St. Mary's because I couldn't afford to pay the rest. <laughs> like, like, what do you do in that moment? I felt so under pressure, and I felt so much like I was just in over my head. I was in a room of people I did not match up against. I was not qualified to be there. Someone be a witness. Did anyone ever feel like that in their life, that they did not match up? They did not qualify to be in a situation? You know, for you, it might not have been school. It might have been the fact that you're you feel insecure about being a father because maybe you didn't have a good dad. Or maybe you're riddled with anxiety, so when you want to step out, you can't because you're stuck with fear. Or maybe financially you've tried to um, make ends meet every, you know, every month. Bills come in, you try to make ends meet, but you can't. There's a struggle. You're not qualified to pursue it. The thing is, we all have weaknesses, and we all have vulnerabilities in our life, and we all have areas where we just don't match up. And the relieving part is it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that way. And I want to encourage you, wherever you have a weakness, God has a strength. It says in the Bible, it says, when I am weak, he is strong. And when you actually, when you surrender in your weakness, you're actually declaring victory in his strength. You are saying, I am not able to do this. And God steps in and says, I am able in every area. I am overqualified. I can step up and make that need. You need to let your, your weakness be a platform for God's power in your life. You need to take that problem that's hanging over you and stand on it and let God pursue you and let God push you forward into what you are meant to be. If you're waiting to be qualified, I'm so sorry, but it's never going to happen. You are never going to be smart enough. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to make enough money to do the things that God has called you to do. We all have dreams. We all have these desires in our life. I have dreams, and they scare me. They scare me, and they should scare you. If they're not, <laughs> if you don't wake up and they like scare the crap out of you, then you should probably dream bigger because God needs to be involved, and God needs to be a part of launching you into those dreams. And the biggest thing is it was never, or it was always God's desire before it was your dream. It was always God's desire before it was ever instilled into your heart, into your body, into your soul. When you were little and you dreamt that you want to pursue God and you want to go into ministry or you want to be a nurse, those desires in your heart were always put there before by God before they were ever dreamt by you. In the world, you hear this phrase all the time, you sink or swim. And in the moment when I was in school, I'm like, okay, I can, if I can just keep up enough, if I can just study enough, if I can just do enough, maybe I can do it. And the world says swim, keep kicking, keep going. But what does God say? God says sink. He says sink into me. Give up on your own power and let me consume you. Let me go over you. Let me be the one that's providing everything that you need. So today as we just end, I just want, or before I pass it off, I just want to re uh, remember for you guys, reminder, Whatever area that you feel that you don't measure up is an invitation for God to step up in your life. Thank you. All right. Gary, come on, buddy. Get it. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Look at all your beautiful faces out there. Isn't the word of God so good? Like, that's so encouraging. Like, when you hear there's so much hope in the word of God and everything we've heard so far this morning about 
God's plan and God's purpose for your life and how he wants us to live and how he looks at us. It's so encouraging. I just want to share a passage of scripture with you, if we can pull that up here, from John, the book of John. I just want to read this to you. Now, this is Jesus. I just want to give you a little quick context here. In the previous chapter, Jesus is sharing with his disciples about what the kingdom of God is going to look like and how it's important to serve one another and how it's important that love is the main priority, the first law, the new law, the only law. And the disciples got a lot of questions for him. And during that whole time, he talks about serving and he washes their feet. And they're really uncomfortable about this new way of serving instead of leading and being a champion, but being a servant. And then he goes on to show them um, the denial that Judas would betray him. And it's it's a very tough moment. And later, at the end of the chapter... Peter stands up and says, Lord, I would never deny you. I would die for you. And he said, you will deny me three times. And then we go into this new passage. And the first thing he says is, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Let's move on to the... Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can you know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, do know him and you have seen him. Verses 8 and 9. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. that That will be enough for us. Jesus said, don't you know, Philip, even after I've been with among you all this time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. This, this passage has echoed in my heart for probably more than a year. When I was growing up, I grew up in a more traditional church, and it was a lot of rules and a lot of things we couldn't do. So one of them was we, couldn't, we weren't allowed to go to movies. Now, whether or not you like that or not, that's the way it was. We couldn't go to movies. And in 1976, now I'm giving up my age... I was visiting a friend of mine who didn't go to church and was visiting with his, his parents invited me out for the day and they decided to take us to the movie Freaky Friday. Now let's see how old you are. Anybody remember that? The original one. The original one, not that one, the original one. We're original here. I sat in that movie theater with fear and trembling for an hour and a half thinking God was so mad at me and God was going to at any moment sound the trumpet, the world would end and I would go to hell. Now, that actually sounds funny, but it was true. And I thought back to that many times about what is my perception of God. And there's two questions I want to just leave you with this morning I want you to think about. One of them is, how do you see God, and how does God see you? How do you see God, and how does God see you? And what I want to encourage you with today, when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when we understand and look at the example that Jesus gave us and how he lived and how he acted and how he treated the least and how he loved on them, regardless of their weakness, their failures, wherever they are in life, he showed love, he showed mercy, he showed kindness, he showed forgiveness. And if you're confused about what God's really like and how he looks at you, look at the life of Jesus. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And as John them shared earlier, we're here to proclaim the goodness of God. Romans says it's the goodness, the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's not the wrath of God. It's not the judgment of God. It's not the anger of God. It's the love of God, the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. 
So I want to encourage you this morning that no matter where you are in your life, what you're struggling with, maybe you're struggling with what you actually believe anymore. Maybe you're discouraged and you're struggling with depression, anxiety, fear, financial pressures, sexual orientation. There's all kinds of things that are stressing and weighing on people's lives. We're here to tell you that there's a hope, there's an answer, there's a purpose. There it is. There's a purpose in him, and we love him today, and we love you. And as Mike always says, you're in the right place today. And we believe in the goodness of God, and we want you to know him. And we pray today that you will know the love of the Father, and that you will feel his heart today. Amen? God bless you. That is so fantastic. You guys, I hope you can identify and see yourself in some of the personal things that people shared today. But the common thread is the Word of God. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces the heart and changes the mind and goes deep into our soul. Today, you have that availability to you. We love creating an atmosphere where you can come and actually ask yourself and wonder and hear the truth and be changed. Today, the power of God can encourage. You can grab a hold of that. It can direct your steps. And maybe you need to silence some chaos. Like everyone shared today, what's your perspective? That's what Nicole talked about. What's your perspective? Do you need it to renew your mind? Do you need it to touch your heart and help you to love? Just this week in our home, I said to our family, oh, the rules and, and trying to live and all the daily duties. Let's just get back to loving each other, speaking kind and gentle. How do you love? How do you love people? And Andrea talked about God is our strength. He truly is stable ground and a force that's like no other name. He is the ultimate. It, the Bible talks about the church being a place where we run to. The righteous run into it. It's a safe place. That's our God. And how do you see God? Today, I think sometimes what disqualifies us is maybe how we see ourselves. Maybe when we read the Word of God, it transforms our minds so we can actually see what God really sees and says about us. My takeaway for today is the Word of God. And it says in Psalm 119, 147, I put my hope in this Word, in this Word alone. I don't get too caught up in my own self. I don't get too carried away with my circumstances. I think about God's Word. Today, I'm wondering if maybe you are thinking, can this really work for me? If I read this and live this, does it actually work? It does, and I dare you to try it. I'm going to get you to stand with me. We're going to finish with a song, but I want you to just take a moment. You guys, let's just silence ourselves for just a moment and try God. Try God. What if what you're thinking and feeling no, God knows exactly what that is. What if he actually wants to speak and touch your heart today and change your life forever and create a connection with you? I know that to be true. But do you want him? Do you long for a connection?
Do you long for direction? Do you long for peace? Because the Bible tells me that peace comes from Him, a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's from our good God who cares. God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the connection with you. No matter how big the gap feels in my inadequacies or my shortcomings, God, you bridge that gap with this community. God, I thank you that people come here and they feel your love. Father, they may not have the understanding, but they feel your presence. Father, I thank you for the truth in your word that is stable and steady and sure for our hearts to follow. God, today all over this room, I pray for your presence. I pray for faith to arise in your people, God. I pray for you to prove yourself real to someone who's leaning in to trust you today in your word. And as they go forward this week, I pray that they would recall and be a life hacker this week. God, I pray that they would think about the word that was put out there today and that they would remember you see good people. God, we can change our perspective. God, we can love people because you love us. And our ultimate strength comes from you. Let's sing just one more time before we go.